you could say, in a sense, repentance doesn't begin by you looking at yourself. It begins by looking at Him. That's 100% true. Welcome to the One Cry Podcast, a nationwide call for spiritual awakening. The goal, accelerating the movement of God through sharing revival truth, stories, and reports. And now, your hosts, Bill Eliff and Kyle Reno. Well, one more time, we're here. <laughs> and uh, Bill Eliff and Kyle Reno with the One Cry Podcast. And I, I just love the privilege of, of coming to you in this way and doing that with, with Kyle. And uh, uh, today we're in the middle of a series called Markers of Movements, of Spiritual Movements. There, there are certain things that are just clear, and they're mm-hmm. clear in two ways. They're, they're clear in Scripture and they're also clear in human history. That's why being a student of history is important, particularly of, of uh, Christian history, because you see God bringing these movements periodically just to revive His church, put us back on mission again, and, uh, and move the kingdom forward. So, Kyle, I know you've been studying this uh, a lot lately. Yeah. Well, and I, just the journey we've been on, starting in God's Word, that there's some marker that's just the centrality of God's Word that brings clarity of how the kingdom works, what God's saying to us, what He's wanting to do in the life of our nation and people. And then, man, if you missed last week, you missed. It was fantastic. Bill shared with us really about a white-hot passion. Man, you see people that have caught fire for God. They got God all over them. God's working in them. And it's it's tangible. It's radiant. And for a moment here, and Bill and I are going to banter, you can't show me in the Scripture, and I don't think in history, a real move of God, a real revival and awakening that's not marked by genuine repentance. By genuine brokenness and and sorrow over our sin, a godly grief, you know. Uh, And there's this moment in Jonah that's just been flooring me. I won't give you a couple sermons before the moment we talk about, but you know the story of Jonah. It's famous and and familiar, uh, probably too familiar. But God gives Jonah a word to go to Nineveh to tell him that judgment's coming, that judgment's coming on Nineveh, and you know you deserve it, basically. And Jonah doesn't want to go. He flees from the presence of the Lord, which is one of the scariest thoughts in the Bible. He goes the exact opposite direction of what God told him to do. And if you get bigger context of this, because Jonah knew God, and Jonah knew that God might be merciful, and Jonah wanted judgment for Nineveh. He he wanted it because Nineveh, Nineveh, just historically, for our listeners to know, was horrible. They were horrible people, man. They were a pagan people. And, and Jonah most likely had experienced great pain at the hands of the Ninevites. Like he had, he had experienced through his family line. And the last thing he wanted to see was God restore Nineveh. And so he runs. You remember the story that sailors end up having to throw him into the sea because God's chasing him, which is to anyone today an encouragement that God's, God's really good at second chances. And he came after Jonah. Even in that moment, he gets cast by the sailors in the sea. Sea goes still. God uses that to bring pagan sailors even to the recognition of the presence of God. 
And then a great fish swallows Jonah up, and he's there for several days. And so much imagery, so much gospel centrality, honestly, in that. And then Jonah finally gets to the end of himself and the beginning of God and repents, and he gets spit out on the shore and on the journey to Nineveh again in in chapter 3. I'm going to read 10 verses here, and then I want us to talk about repentance. It says, Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, the great city, and call out against it the message I tell you. So Jonah arose and went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly great city, three days' journey in breadth. Jonah be- began to go into the city going a day's journey, and he called out, called out yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. And the people of Nineveh, hear this now, and the people of Nineveh believed God, believed God. They called for a fast. They put on sackcloth from the greatest of them to the least of them. And the word reached the king of Nineveh, and he arose from his throne, removed his robe, covered himself with sackcloth, and sat in ashes, He issued a proclamation and published through Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles, let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything, let not be fed or drink water, but let man and beast be covered with sackcloth and let them call out mightily to God. Let everyone turn from his evil way and from the violence that is in his hands. Who knows? Who knows? God might turn and relent. Turn from his fierce anger so that we may not perish. And God saw what they did, how they turned from their evil way. God relented of the disaster that he said he would do to them, and he did not do it. I mean, what a moment. What a moment. I mean, I want you to imagine what a moment. Jonah shows up and says, In 40 days, God's bringing judgment. And it says, now hear me, and Bill and I are going to talk, because I want to I wanna ask the question, what would repentance look like right now in our nation? In our nation, what would repentance look like right now? What would be some, what would be some evidences of it? What's some things we can believe for? In this moment, as soon as the word came, they believed it. Mm. They believed it. They, they believed that God was sending judgment. They believed that they did deserve that to that the wrath of God on them as a nation and a people, and they went face down. And <clears throat> Bill, I, I know that you're a, a student of revival, man, and you've you've watched this play out in history. What's some things we can learn about repentance playing out in a movement, and what's some things we can hope for, and maybe even some things you're seeing now that, yeah. that's a marker of that. Well, <clears throat> the word repentance. I think Kyle is so misunderstood. Yeah, we we and it, and it's, it encompasses a lot, but it literally means a change of mind. Mm-hmm. That's it. Uh, you know, here's the interesting thing. I do everything I do based on whether I think it's valuable to me. Mm-hmm. If I think a, a sack of double stuff Oreos is valuable, right. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go get it. You know, if I mm-hmm. think, oh, that's terrible for me, which it is, uh, I I will not go that direction. Yeah. 
So repentance begins first and foremost in the mind and the understanding. And uh, it's, it's not this, oh, I got to turn around and do 10 things. And then I've, yeah. you know, no, repentance will always be known by its fruits. Right. It will always produce this turn away right. from loving the world to loving Christ. Right. I want to tell you a really fascinating testimony that I saw at Asbury this year. So when Asbury hit on February the 8th, on a Wednesday, my wife and I, when we saw it was continuing, we got in the car on Friday and, and, and just drove to Wilmore from Little Rock. And, uh, we were there for the next three days. And then I came back later for the final two days. And what I observed was really fascinating. What, what happened was, that the speaker at that chapel challenged the kids, the students, to just tarry yeah. and to seek to know, now let, listen to this, the love of God. That's what he talked mm -hmm. about. And, and, and as you know, 20 of them did. They stayed behind, and then that turned into 60 and 200 and 2,000 and 20,000 and on. But what when I heard them stand and give testimony for hours at the microphone, you know, just one after another, after another, they would say this, you know, I was raped. I've been abused. Mm -hmm. uh, I was hurt by the church. I've been in sin. I've got this addiction, but I, God showed me his love. Mm. And when I saw his love and his mercy, I just went to the altar <laughs> And I fell on my face. It was the love of God. You know, the Bible talks about the kindness of God. Romans right. 2 leads us to repentance. And they saw the mercy of God. And in, in light of that, they looked at all this junk they were doing. We were doing. I found myself mm. at that altar, too. Yeah. Uh, and, and you just you have a change of mind. Yeah. You think how stupid this is, how yeah. how invaluable this is to be chasing this junk that is keeping me away from this God who loves me yeah. like this. So it really begins there, don't you think, Kyle, yeah. with that? God, I love what uh, Psalm 48 said about the presence of God in Jerusalem. It says, God has made himself known. Right. And I think the one of the things that's happening right now and we we'll talk about this in a minute, but God is making himself known in some very specific ways to this generation. Yeah. To Gen Z. Yeah. Well, I think, I mean, just the whole reason Jonah didn't want to go to Nineveh was because of what he says in chapter four, because I knew that you were merciful abounding in steadfast love and relenting from disaster. <laughs> wow. like, like Jonah knew that, like, man, if I get there and they actually believe what you are saying to them, they might receive your love, receive your mercy, and that you won't bring about this judgment and disaster. So I, I think, and what I'm believing for is that a generation, Gen Z, that uh, the, every generation that's living, I pray would, but even specifically the next generation, that we would believe what God says about stuff in our life. Yeah. Uh, that we would believe. Like when God says, hey, that phone is killing you. That right. that 
That pursuit of identity and social status is destroying your view of me and your view of yourself. That that addiction to pornography is this huge stronghold in your life. And you got to believe that it is destroying you. Like, like Nineveh believed what God said about Nineveh. Right. Yeah. You know, like, and I, I, you got to think that repentance comes to this place. Like, but God, in His mercy and in His steadfast love, will let us know what's true about us. Yeah, that's true. And and you know, and you know, you could say, in a sense, repentance doesn't begin by you looking at yourself. Yeah, it begins by looking at Him. That's a hundred percent true. And when you see him, if you say, man, I just, Lord, I need you. I'm looking yeah. at you. And and I would think just practically, Kyle, some of that is getting quiet enough mm -hmm. to hear the Lord, see the Lord, encounter mm -hmm. the Lord. That's what happened at Asbury. They tarried. Yeah. They they waited. They gave God time. Mm -hmm. And and they, God made himself known. Mm -hmm. And suddenly, just like Isaiah yeah, the first me. response is, woe is me. Hmm. I'm a man of unclean lips. And you see all the junk and how yeah. and how stupid it is. You have a change of mind. Yeah, uh, it, It's fascinating, uh, Kyle, right now, what I'm watching just personally is I'm observing the movement of God across, particularly in, in Gen Z, is how God has, is making himself known at Asbury, it was, it was uh, people who haven't been have said all kinds of things about it that are just simply not true. I was there. Mm -hmm. It was quiet. It was not fantastical. It was miraculous and mm -hmm. an and extraordinary movement. But it was not, it was orderly. Yeah. Uh, it was worshipful. It was reverent. And, and, and I, I read a wonderful, I wish I had it right in front of me, but a wonderful uh, post on Facebook by a young lady who was a seminary student. She's 25 years old. And she said, I've been at Asbury for several years and I went to the revival, you know, every day. And she said, I'm, I'm surprised, but encouraged by how God is, is manifesting himself in this revival. Mm -hmm. He said, it's not with all these bells and whistles. He said, it's interesting that he is showing himself through humble leaders mm -hmm. to, a, to a generation of people who have been abused by leaders. Mm -hmm. he's, he's showing himself by a safe place mm -hmm. to a generation of students who don't feel safe in this world. Yeah. And she just went on and on saying, God is meeting these students where they are yeah, and manifesting himself. And that just makes them want to turn to God, mm -hmm. you know, to repent. It's, it's a beautiful, it's beautiful. Well, and beautiful. I, I'm believing, look at, look at this moment in, in the story of Nineveh, you know, through one man, Jonah, come and preach a word. Look how holistic the repentance was. For them, yeah. Like you, you got this word comes instantly. People believe instantly. People turn sackcloth ashes. They stop doing things they were doing. They mm -hmm. stop normal practices in their life. And even when it gets, man, you want to talk about the belief or even when the word gets to the king, 
instantly. Like one guy just showed up in your great city, you know, 120,000 we know at least, which is more than that. You know, and the, like the whole people would stop and go, no, this is a word from God and we better repent. Yeah. Like imagine what that would look like in our nation now. That yeah. this word of repentance and pending judgment, you know, which we are we've experienced and are experiencing in many ways, and that people would instantly go, "Yeah, we but we need to get right with God. We need we yeah, need and, to get right." And by the way, just little parentheses, he was a foreigner. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. hundred you know, percent. One of them. Right. And but he just was the voice the voice of God. It's like John the Baptist, who yeah. was a voice. And he was so reluctant. He was a reluctant voice. He didn't yeah. even like them. Yeah. And yet God was speaking, and that was the key. God was speaking. Yeah. And and what I love of the, about this, Kyle, and I think it's important to note, we American Christianity has become a therapeutic Christianity. Mm-hmm. In other words, I, I believe in counseling. I, I, I think it's discipling, mm-hmm. biblical discipling. And I've, I've met with people. But what's interesting in these movements, it didn't take 30 years of counseling yeah. to change them. Mm. And I, I, again, just referencing Asbury, I talked to the president of the seminary who one of the overflow rooms was over at the the seminary's campus and he said bill in that room almost every changed life was someone who'd been in an addiction yeah for years yeah and god would just set them free instantly when they repented Hmm. and they had trained prayer counselors who would pray with them and talk with them at the altar but the next day they're standing and giving testimony and by the way those testimonies months later are still resounding. They're still right. walking with the Lord, which is really right. encouraging. It's remaining fruit like mm-hmm. John 15 talks about. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think we need to believe God again that he can change a life instantly. Exactly right. And change a nation. I mean, like he just changed it. <laughs> it went from 40 days from now, y'all are done. And then the Lord goes, no, nah, you know what? I'm going to relent. I'm, 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 you have responded and I'm relenting from this pending judgment you know and yeah. so I, I think Bill a way to do this because uh, we don't want to just talk about it we want to believe for it I, I, in a minute I want you to pray for us uh, and pray that this would be so in our nation right now and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm gonna lead us to prompt a couple ways for our listeners to pray this as well so if we can just enter into the presence of the Lord right now just you and him in light of what God's done in redemptive history and specifically in what we just saw in the book of Jonah, let's ask this. Let's ask first for God to raise up voices, not mm-hmm. reluctant ones, ones that will go to different groups of people, different demographics of people in our nation. Right now, ask Him, ask him to use you as a voice. Mm-hmm. Ask for hearts. Let's do this. Let's ask for all of our hearts to be ready when God brings a word. When God shows us our sin, that we'd be ready to repent. Ask ask for the eyes of the kingdom to see what is so 
that he would reveal our sin personally and as a people. And then let's ask the Lord for a great move of repentance, genuine, authentic, guttural repentance. And let's ask that in that, that we would experience his abounding, steadfast love, mm. his mercy. Bill, why don't you close us out here? Father, we, we think of your first word, of your first sermon, and you showed up, and, and we saw God, and we, and we saw you, your love, your grace, your mercy, your power. And then you said this, repent. The kingdom of God is right here. It's at hand. You can have this and have a change of mind about God. You've been running from God. And yet here, here God is in human flesh. And here's what he looks like. There's no need to run from him. There's no, there's no need to disobey him. There's no need to not listen to his voice. Change your mind about that. And Father, we pray for a massive, just a tidal wave of that mind change would happen across our nation and literally around our world. We pray that you would rend the heavens and come down, that you would reveal yourself. You don't have to do it. Lord, we don't deserve it, but we've never deserved anything. Make yourself known among us, Lord, and bring us to a change of mind so that we will gladly come to you. Lord, I think mm -hmm. of the, uh, the, the thing that you said one day, little children, uh, the Father has chosen gladly to give you the kingdom. Just waiting there. Don't run from it. Don't try to get another kingdom. Don't, don't make a kingdom of your own. Just come to me. And uh, Father, I pray particularly for the next generation, for this Gen Z right here, these high school and college students and young professionals who have been so hurt Lord, so disillusioned by, by the, their families, their fathers, their, their, their pastors at times, churches that just don't have the power of God upon them. Uh, Lord, help them see you. Help them just cut through all the junk so that they can see God and see how beautiful you are. And we pray that your kindness would cause a great movement of repentance among the generation. Father, because that generation, Lord, every pastor and leader and missionary and mom and dad and professional is going to come out of that generation. And uh, Father, we pray that you would redeem that generation by a revelation of God and a repentance that, that would just lead to full surrender to you. So we, that's the prayer of our heart, and we pray it in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen.